Happy fall, y'all, and welcome back to another episode of Confessions of a PYP Teacher. I'm Lou Gerlach. This is episode 21. We're going to look at the learner profile first steps that you can take. Yay! Our podcast has reached 500 downloads. And concerning, I didn't think anyone would download my ramblings because I go off. Um, I'm humbled that so many people keep returning for more ideas. For curiosity's sake, I decided to look up the locations of the cities with the most downloads. And to my surprise, the top three are places that hold a very special place in my heart. So the number one location is Sharjah, UAE. I lived actually on the border of Sharjah in a neighborhood called Alcaces for three years, and I absolutely loved it. The richness of the culture, the smells, oh, I still smell those smells in the air. And the smiles of the people in that neighborhood still take me back to a special place. And I'll be forever grateful for that time in my life because it's where my international teaching career began. Number two, Melbourne, Australia. I had the opportunity to attend Melbourne Uni to finish my bachelor's degree due to a generous scholarship from Rotary International. It was a defining year in my life, and eventually, it actually led me towards um, becoming an educator. I met mates that I'll have for life. I learned so much about myself, and I carried a brawly every day to be prepared for four seasons in one day. And if you don't know what that is, look it up. And now number three, Houston, Texas. My current city, I moved to Houston to be closer to family after a a decade teaching abroad. And little did I know that I'd grow exponentially and refine my practice as a PYP educator. I have come to love this great city with its ice houses, the quaint neighborhoods, the rodeo. And if you don't know about Houston rodeo, put it onto your um, bucket list. And of course, the annual flooding that happens around this city. It makes this journey here a lot more memorable. And as I was reflecting on all these connections that are happening, um, with these top three locations, it reminded me of the power of the learner profile and how ideas, not terms we use, can change our behavior. They allow us to see beyond our current capabilities and strive for more. Each place that I mention above holds a special place in my heart because it's where I grew partly into the person I am becoming. How magical is that? This is what we want for our students too. By using and reflecting the learner profile attributes regularly. So we're going to explore the next steps of making the learner profile more part of your daily practice. Besides using the learner profile attributes as part of, you know, your school's behavior plan. Well, let's just put that on the side for another podcast. We want to see how you're using them every day. You heard me. Each day. If we aren't using them every day, we aren't keeping the heart of the IB mission statement close to our practice. Think about that one. No pressure, anything. So here are some simple ways that you can implement the learner profile right now into your daily practice. So the first thing you're going to have to do is unpack the attribute, right? So that the kids know what they are 
and how to use them. So I begin the unit by taking time to unpack the learner profile description. So I just picked one, open-minded. Reminder, open-minded, being open-minded is often mistaken for trying new foods, tolerating someone else's beliefs, and taking on new experiences. This is part of the process. Being open-minded is looking below the surface and understanding that everyone's life has a story based on a set of beliefs and values that were established by their unique culture. When we are open-minded, we seek to understand a range of point of views so we can better understand our own. So it's really digging deep into culture and those subcultural contexts and why does a culture tick you know, and how does it tick? And so we have to think of how is our, if we're utilizing the learner profile, then we need to make sure our content is matched with this purpose. So do you just pick out the learner profile attributes for your unit to say, yeah, let's be balanced, whatever that might mean. Or are you carefully looking at the descriptor? Because that right there is a game changer. We now know that being open-minded is really looking at the subtext of culture, right? That's And so that we can understand our own culture. That's the, at the heart of it. And so how are we mapping our content to get there? So think about this, social studies. Our beliefs and values are shaped by our culture right? That, that is something in our um, content. Science. Many of our beliefs and values shape how we look at the objects in the sky, such as the sun, moon, stars, seasonal changes, water cycle. Language arts. Cultures have created understanding of the world through myths, legends, and folktales. Math. Our beliefs and values about decimals shape our behavior when spending money. Notice how beliefs and values drive everything because they're conceptual language. They're, they're big ideas that trans, uh, transfer across all content area. So how do we then, if I'm looking at the lens of beliefs and values of my content, I'm going to connect with the learner profile by zooming into that descriptor that we just talked about. Breaking down what it means to be open-minded to other cultures and respecting their differences. Then examine how our students make daily decisions that are influenced by their beliefs and values of their culture, such as how they dress, what are the foods that they eat. But we're going to go beyond that, right? Because we go beyond fun, food, and fiesta. Now we're going into traditions, the things that they hold true, literature that um, shares their beliefs and their culture and their rich heritage. Holidays, right? But we're also interested in the ways that they think, the ways that um, that shape how they function in society. So how can we do this with our younger students? Well, we're going to have to largely shape that learning experience for them. So we can provide them some pictures that represent how, my, how culture and beliefs and values might look different in context various contexts, and we choose these images to guide the thinking. That's going to be heavily relied upon us to shape what do those beliefs and values look like. 
But as our students age, we need to release some of that control and allow them to research different variations of the descriptor, you know, through the internet research, through books, through magazines, through periodicals, all of that that's available via Britannica Online and World, uh, World Book. Not any revolutionary um, materials, but they're there to help shape and frame and make sure that it's academic. Because we want children to help, we want to help them to weed through those misconceptions and connect between ideas, right? And that, and the learner profile can bridge that. Then ask students to create possible ways on how they can exhibit the attribute during the unit of inquiry. Now you're asking for student agency. Woo, we could talk about just that in this podcast, but we have to move on. To the next great idea. So once you've unpacked the attribute, then how are you going to bring it to life in your classroom? So when I think of this, one tool that was taught to me by my first PYP coordinator, um, Kirsten Wickham, she taught me a lot about the learner profile utilizing what's called the wall of fame. And this is a great way to get students involved in understanding the learner profile attributes and what they mean. And I kind of adapted according to my style because that's what you should be doing, right? How you want to do it. So this is what I do with my students. I unpack the learner profile descriptor so students can paint a picture in their mind of what that looks like, right? And what it feels like. Then as a class, because this helps to shape and frame it, so that they have an accurate understanding of what the descri- what that attribute is all about. They nominate a person, real or fictional, alive or dead. And they describe how this person emulates the learner profile attribute in a variety of ways. And then we post it on the wall. And we have a wall, kind of like, um, you know, a trophy wall. And as students become more proficient, You know, they're going to make relevant connections by nominating someone in the class, someone in the school. But in the beginning, they're going to need something or someone that's universal, right? That they all know um, based on shared experience. And this is how we make, you know, and then as they become more comfortable, they're able to make more real life applications. And this is how we make it real and provide everyday examples. So what might this um, wall of fame Uh, description look like. So we have a younger example. So class 1G nominates Yoon from the book My Name is Yoon for being open-minded. She moves to America from South Korea and doesn't know any English. She has a hard time because life in America is different from her home in South Korea. She tries to find words to describe who she is to her new friends, but she greatly struggles, but she doesn't give up. That would be for first grade. Possible older example. Now we're applying it to our school setting. Class 4G nominates Miss Manners for being open-minded. She is always interested in learning about other people and how their culture is different from her own. She asks us questions that make us think about our beliefs and values. Miss Manners also shares her beliefs and values about different topics so we can understand that different opinions are okay. She makes us look at how ideas and words can hurt someone else. 
So we're trying to learn how to be more respectful about different opinions. And this is actually a teacher in my campus, my current campus, that I was thinking about. So that is a possibility of um, sharing, um, getting kids to recognize the learner profile. So now we've unpacked them, we've nominated them, we're playing with them, you know, we're making tangible connections. Now you want students to make it relevant to them, right? That's right. We want to make relevant connections. So that how we do that is through learning goals. And one of the best things I've done is to get students to make goals based on the learner profile. We started off the year making self-portraits that defined who they are. And then we under, unpacked the attributes of the learner profile and chose one to focus on with a specific task. So like a, a descriptor, a descriptor. Sorry, I can't speak today. A descriptor of why we chose it, right? So we're giving a why. And the time frame for each of these um, goals is open-ended. And we actually wrote them on post-it notes. And the reason why we wrote them there is because we didn't feel, you know, children know when they're in the lower group. They know when they go into fixed group settings that there's very limited options to get out of those fixed settings. And so I didn't want that to happen with the learner profile. So I told them, look, at any time when you feel that you've reached your goal, you're going to take it out and put it into your um, reflection journal and you're going to reflect on why and how um, how can you prove to me that you've met this goal and then you're going to make a new one because I didn't ever want kids to feel they were boxed in and so you know this often happens right and I wanted to encourage the students to have agency and one of my favorite experiences doing this particular learning goal strategy is with a boy named Eddie. He was one of the few Black American students in a predominantly Caucasian Hispanic campus, and he greatly struggled to fit in. So what does a kid do that struggles to fit in? They become a class clown or a goof off or troublemaker, right? And it's really interesting to me that that's how they react, but they're trying to deflect the fact that they're different, right? And he wrote a beginning of the year goal. This is what he wrote. I want to be principled because I only do the right thing when people are looking. Now that is deep for a fourth grade child to admit that to their teacher and to the school community and to post it. And as I checked progress throughout the year, Eddie decided for himself that he was not ready to move on from the goal. It took all year long. And at the fourth grade awards ceremony, he was finally presented an award for being principled. And you can't imagine as a teacher the joy of seeing that child come across the stage with tears in his eyes because he knew that he changed his disposition. That is the power of the learner profile. So as students are coming to this place of making goals, well, the only way that they're going to be able to know that they're ready to move on from the goal is to regularly reflect. 
Reflection is naturally connected to developing the learner profile attributes. It's through reflection that we make connections between our learning and are able to, you know, identify those areas that we still need to grow. And this is so important to the process because it connects all those ideas that you're trying to bridge across the curriculum. And I'm going to say something that you're going to maybe some of you balk at, but reflection needs to be a daily practice. You heard me correctly, daily, not weekly like most people do. It's during these quiet, reflective moments that innovation sparks to life. And we need to carve out time in our schedules to regularly allow our students to connect the dots using the learner profile attributes. Now, I've created some reflection sheets that are available to help you guide this process, you know, of setting up that daily practice, getting students to self-assess on their behavior, and look through their, you know, prepare for those learning portfolios and unit reflections. But I want to also caution, the reflection is not limited to these sheets. Reflection is writing, it's actively engaging, it's putting your thoughts down into paper. This podcast is my reflection journal. Every, I'm just pouring all of my soul into it because this is my medium to capture my ideas. If we don't have a media a space for our students to do this, then they miss out on opportunities to move forward at the maximum possibility for them. So if you want to access those reflection sheets and um, see pictures of some of the um, influences for this podcast, go to our um, website, thinkchat2020.weebly.com. And for the reflection packet, go to our resources section for the free packet. As always, have a wonderful day and see you in our next podcast.